0: All right, how are you getting on? Are you well? Are you well? Are you doing all right? What have you taken? What have you, What is she taken? What has she taken? Hello? What have you taken? <laughs> have you ever had that situation, haven't you? Someone's like, hello? What is he taken? Keep him awake, keep him awake. And it's honestly just pints. <laughs> He's just sleepy. <laughs> He's just sleepy. He's fine. He's just sleepy. <laughs> what have you taken? <laughs> oh, my God. Like doing a fucking full clockwork orange trying to open your eyes. And you're like, I'm honestly just, I just need a bed and a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see you you seem to say with your eyes You know? Ah, uh, you know, I just don't I don't have the you don't ah when you get to my age, son, you don't be really having nights like that anymore. You don't really have nights where people are like, What have you taken? And slapping your face really aggressively like that You know? Little fap smacks on your <laughs> on your cheeks to see if you're gonna wake up out of this one. Anyway, how are you? Are you good? Um how was your bloody, bloody heat? Luckily, I'm um, I'm rocking my uh, pH. Uh, whatever. I don't fucking know what it is. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I went real defensive there. I asked my wife, who has a mi- stunning skin. I, you know, I want to eat her sometimes. She has such nice skin because I'm a freak because I'm a vampire. And, um, oh, fucking, she'd be such a delicious, I'm actually hungry, that's actually what's going on here, I haven't had my lunch yet, but if I was a vampire, my wife would be probably, probably the most, you know, delicious, (laughs) which is good, it's good, I think that, that my wife is delicious, I'd love to eat her up, you know, that's a good thing, so I'm not going to a fucking therapist about that, you know, anyway, how did I get on to that, yeah, it's very warm, is that what I was talking about? It's very warm. Uh, vampires wouldn't be liking that. Wouldn't be liking that weather. Um, I used to have this joke about how, um, about, and it's a true story. When I went to, uh, I went to get, I, I was trying to enter this, um, this kind of cold, this flu trial, right, uh, where they give you eight hundred quid, P- pounds. Now we're talking pounds, right. They give you eight hundred pounds, and they uh, basically inject you with a kind of flu, and then they uh, you stay quarantined in some industrial estate in London. This is when I was living in London. I was broke, and they inject you with the flu, and then they try loads of stuff on you—clinical trial, essentially—and uh, they give you eight hundred pounds now, and uh, they give you show you the brochure, and they had you know. They had a PlayStation 3, but the PlayStation was 4 was out. you know what I mean? I think, a games console. Like, you fuckers don't know about games. Anyway, the whole thing is you'd stay in there and they inject. So I went I went to the pre-trial to so they could scan me to see if I was viable enough to catch a fucking disease. <laughs> and I failed. I failed it. Uh, my body was not fit enough to maintain it. I don't know why. I don't know why. Anyway, you, this woman was taking my bloods. And as the blood was going through the tube, um, she made this noise. She went, (laughs) it's exactly the noise you want to hear when someone's looking at your blood. She went, (laughs) hmm. And I was like, what's up with that? And she goes, well, um, it's just weird. Uh, Your blood, she says, has the viscosity. It's one of my favorite words. She says, your blood has the viscosity of strawberry syrup, she says. And then I went, hmm. <laughs> and I was like, should I be concerned? And she goes, well, when your blood is that kind of viscosity, that kind of consistency, you really need to. And as soon as she said, for some reason, those two, the combination of viscosity and consistency was like that. Those were too big for me now. <laughs> I don't want to listen to the rest of this. And I just zone, I completely zoned out to her talking because as well, I, I started thinking, um, you know, strawberry syrup, you know. Like uh I was picturing like Dracula eating an ice cream on the beach with a lot of red sauce, which of course would be blood. And then I chuckled to myself I was like, <laughs> and she's like, um, is that funny? And I was like, Oh no, it was just something else I was thinking of there. And I was the thing I was thinking of was, you know, what would he be doing on the beach? You know, he'd die. You know. Um and so I was just kind of laughing at myself about that while, <laughs> while she was kind of looking at my blood. And while she was actually giving me solid advice about exactly what I need to do to fix my um, thick blood problem. Um, and it hasn't come up again with another doctor or a nurse. So, you know, it's probably fixed. It's probably fine. It's probably fine now. But at least I have that image, you know. Um, But yeah, great, great weather for us mortals anyway. And wonderful weather. down at the other side. Festival was performing there, uh, which was fun. First, first, uh, first gig post nut. So post my inflamed nut, uh, which is getting better. By the way, it's getting smaller. Looks like a normal size scrotum again. We party time, and uh, normal size scrotum. So we're very, very excited about that here in the house. Um, but yeah, it was a fun gig, and it was a lot of fun. And um, but I tell you, I was I was driving down there. I drove Peter McGann down as well. Cause so we were both performing the same day. Killian Sunderman was also on the same bill, um, and Mark Soler was was uh, was was MCing, um, and um, and also I want to say as well, um, Simon Hennessy was on as well. I want to say uh, uh, there was a bit of a <laughs> there was a bit of a thing happened, um, and I'm sorry, I actually bumped into people who were like, so I can't, I kind of finished my gig, um, <laughs> I finished my gig about the half an hour before I was supposed to, not because I did less time than I was supposed to, but um, the it was a two hour, it, w- it was it was a very long show, right? And normally what you do in, in the, these comedy gigs is you have a like, I don't know, there was a weird thing where everyone had half an hour, which is a long, <laughs> a long time, but everyone had a half an hour and then there was like a 15 minute gap for like a changeover. But like there was 15 minutes essentially because maybe that's just how they book it normally for like musical acts or something like that because you got to fucking move your, your rig, you have to move your pedal board, all that stuff, sound check, all that. We're literally just a bunch of, you know, internet dweebs with microphones, you know. Maybe a headphone jack if we're feeling fancy. You know, I was feeling fancy on this day. So there was a 15-minute gap. So even though this was the second day, they just brought all the acts in after the next act, you know. Like now we're bringing up, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so right now. So, all the times were completely out of whack. So, the times that we were scheduled, I ended up finishing my gig, and I was actually on the road, you know, at the time I was meant to be actually performing the gig. So, I'm very sorry for anyone. There wasn't really much you could do. Um, well, I wasn't willing to fight and say, I'm not, I'm, you just fucking go out there and play jazz and wait for me because my people are coming at this. So, I'm sorry if you were there and you wanted to come see me. Um, I was a bit of a mess. That was a bit messed up. <laughs> but uh, they probably know. For next year, I don't know, but uh, it was weird as well I was driving down there, and uh I drove into the the regular car park. I didn't know that it was artist car park I was meant to go into, so I drove into the regular car park and I parked my car, and this guy showed up in a van and he goes, "Yeah, <laughs> he goes, yeah, you're after I'd say you're after parking in the worst possible spot, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah." I think you're after parking in the worst possible spot, he says. And I'm like, oh, yeah, have I, yeah? You know? um, And he goes, yeah, just, I'd say with cars trying to go around there, yeah, and with you trying to back out, yeah, I'd say that's probably the worst possible spot you could have parked here. And, like, where do you go from here, like, you know? I have to eat shit to be civil now. Do you know what I mean? I have to act. I have to swallow something. For us to have a normal human conversation now because of how you started this conversation. Do you know what I mean? And then he fucking, then he backs up and he's like fucking, you know, waving me in. Just pointing at a spot for me to park. I was like, fuck that, bro. I'm not parking. I'm not doing anything you say now after that. Eating shit. And then fucking parking in your spot. So I parked in some other, I don't know what he thought of this spot. And I was trying to think in my head, like, what? Well, you know, I was going to be like, are you the parking police? I couldn't think of anything. Couldn't think of that. Are you the parking police, bro? Oh, I see. Actually, and then I thought of something good. And Peter backed me up. with I thought of this after the fact. I said, yeah, I heard of the welcome wagon, but welcome wanker. So I didn't get to say that to him at the time, you know. But um, as far as jobs worths go, <laughs> this guy. Anyway, um, yeah, I think you're after parking in the worst possible spot yeah <laughs> who are you talking to who who are you talking to were you having a conversation with someone first was there some invisible fucker in the fucking seat next to you it was all like I think he's parking in the worst possible spot yeah <laughs> I think he is parking in the worst possible spot um but apart from Jimmy McFucking Jobsworth <laughs> uh, they had a wonderful time a wonderful time um and um it was nice to get back on stage with a fully healed bollock and um and just be having fun. Festival uh, is always a weird thing for comedy because it has so many things working against it, right? It has daylight, (laughs) uh, which people don't laugh as much in. Uh, It has, there's no real entrance or exit. It's kind of like an open tent. So people come and go and people are always moving. It's people, it's difficult to kind of sometimes get people there in the pocket and fully, you know, people are engaged, having a good time. It's also on a Sunday, you know serotonin helps <laughs> when people to make people laugh and if people are deprived of that from going too hard in the dance tent the night before then maybe all they might want to do is just let out a little hmm, you know you say something a little joke and they're like hmm you know but that wasn't the vibe I had um I had uh, a front row of some lovely ladies who were getting up and dancing and improving and having a great laugh we're getting on the mic we're doing the chicken nasty dancing man dance um So that was a lot of fun. Do you know while I'm talking about gigs, I may as well tell you about some other gigs I have coming up. Um, in Ivy Gardens, the Paddy Power Comedy Festival on the twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth, I'm going to be performing some gigs. One with um Regan, one with Paddy Harrison from I think You Should Leave, Killian Sunderman, and Sean Burke are on another one. I believe Michael Fry is also on another one with me. So do check them out. There's tickets available for those. It's also even if you're not coming to see me, it's actually a pretty fun uh thing to do. It's really the the home of Dublin comedy. Even just if you want to go. And check out some of the the um, the comedy club nights that are in there. Um, for some of the, the some of the cheaper tickets, it is a fun day out. And uh, there's lads fucking walk around stilts and all, and there's grub and everything. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, and um, and also I'm going to be performing again in Vicker Street. This time a live podcast, a live Moonshore Ragnarok. So if you t- look up uh, Tony Campbell on Ticketmaster, um. This, uh, the Vicar Street gig is the, September 17th. I'm going to have a couch full of comedians telling stories from school, mad stories, playing games, have a bit of audience fun as well. So that's going to be happening September 17th in um, Vicker Street. And, you know, while I'm plugging away, uh, did you know that if you go to patreon.com forward slash Tony there is even more podcasts that you haven't listened to yet? podcast that I put out every single Friday. The Bonus Can't Well Shit Show, which is a Friday podcast I put out every single week. Um, The last couple of episodes I've done, I did one about my uncle, you know, the karate man. He used to kick shit out of a wooden man in his back garden. Um, I was talking about him in the most recent podcast. Uh, Before that, I had a Pride special. I was listing my top five LGBT uh, icon characters from video games and movies. Then before that, I listed my top 30 dads from TV, movies, and video games. I had a list of 10 things I can't live without. These are kind of like gadgets and things that I kind of carry around with me, 10 things I can't live without. Uh, before that was how to throw the ultimate um, jubilee party for a lizard, so kind of if you have a queen who's a lizard, how to celebrate that. And then before that um, it was my review of Top Gun <laughs> and um, and all the stories of the passports that I lost across the years and how the Irish government actually told me that they wouldn't issue me another passport if I lost this new one. Also, whenever I'm putting on gigs and they're gigs that I plan and I organise myself, um, they are there will be early bird tickets over on the Patreon. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get uh, advanced notice of all those gigs. Um, but look, that's enough of me plugging away. I'm going to be talking about some old wives' tales, mate. Right? Uh, associate producer to Pod, researcher to the stars, Ben Clifford has gone through some of the weirdest old wives' tales, and we're going to be talking about them here on the Tony Cantwell shit show. and i know you and you know me and everyone wants a piece of me i'm like a cake i don't make mistakes i've never made a mistake Lovely stuff there, lovely stuff, just a bit of a wrap there from me. Um, So look, we're talking about old wives' tales, and um, for you CCF freaks, no, I'm not talking about, you know, marrying an old cat, and her beautiful, pristine, kind of leopard-spotted salt-and-pepper tail, I'm not talking about that kind of, uh, that kind of crack, Uh, no, I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about, you know, hair to dog, I'm talking about, you know, your ma cutting a potato in half and rubbing on your warty finger, And then burying that potato in the back garden is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, Wild. Wild. (laughs) But, hey, do I have the warts now? No, you know? Um, Also, do you know what I was thinking as well? Like, yeah, I don't have the warts now. So maybe that did actually come to fruition. Maybe it just took a long time, right? Also, I guarantee you that there were birthdays when I blew out those candles and I wished to have like, a portable TV where I could watch movies on the bus, right? Or in the car, right? I, w- like, I wished, on my heart of hearts, as soon as I realized I couldn't fly, it was always, I'd always blow out the candles and be like, fly, like ability to fly, just want to fly, right? Uh, and as soon as I realized that wasn't going to happen, and it wasn't happening fast enough, I started, like, wishing for this, like, portable TV. And I have, I'm not saying I invented the iPhone, you know? I'm not saying that, I, you know, but, you know, a wish was made, and now I have it. And now everyone else has it as well. So who, you know, who's to say who's more important? Me or Steve, Stephen Jobs? Um, a boy's wish. Nothing is more powerful than a boy's wish, you know? If Hollywood has led me to believe anything, is that there is no better plot device, no better deus ex machina, if I can use that term, than a young boy, a young frigid boy's wish upon a candle. So, um... I mean, I pretty much have everything now. You're listening here. That's another fucking candle. I wish someone would just listen to me talk about Star Wars for a while. <sighs> you know, who knew just coming 20 years, 25 years later. Um, so look, I'm going to go with some of the more popular ones, um, which actually have some explanations. And then I'm going to get into some of the weirder Irish um, superstitions. So um, so an old wives tale is don't cross your eyes. They'll get stuck that way. All right. Um, so apparently it says here. And this, a lot of this comes from a report by Raquel Reynolds, who is a clinical assistant professor at Texas A&M. So yeah, don't cross your eyes, they'd say. They'll get stuck that way. I believed that. That is one that I believed. That's one I never, I always looked, liked crossing my eyes. I always thought it was like a fun little face. People take that as the height of disrespect for some reason. All you do is cross, sticking your fucking tongue out and crossing your eyes. There are boys. Likely beaten within an inch of their life. <laughs> it's not funny. But like, you know, sticking their tongue out of their old man, you know, their old, you know, military buzz cut man, you know, like sticking your fucking tongue out, putting your hands up like a little bleh, 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 crossing your eyes, you know, pulling a funny face, getting the fucking living shit kicked out of them. That's why I always think of my old teacher uh, who used to like he had a bamboo stick. Who he had behind him in school that he was like don't you would always say don't make me unretire unretire the bamboo stick. This is a man who beat a thousand kids, and we're there like crossing our eyes, Doo! you know, and he's just like probably blood boiling, you know. Um, so what it says here, so the little muscles around your eyeball control all the movement in your eyes. While you cross your eyes, essentially all you're doing is flexing your muscles, the same way you flex your the muscles in your arm. Since your arm isn't likely to get stuck flexing, the same can be said about your eyes, explains Reynolds. Eh, sir, I'm actually getting swole with me eyes. Sir, I'm actually just doing a fucking swole workout with me eyes. I'm actually not even making a <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not making fun of anyone, sir. I'm just making me eyes all flex. I'm actually making me eyes bigger, sir. Um, well, that's good to know. I'm doing my cross my eyes right now. Good way to cross your eyes if you don't know how. Look at your nose. Hmm. Just look at your nose. All right, so that's interesting. Uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. That's a lot of apples. A lot of apples. It's a lot of apples. I bet fucking big Del Monte love this one. The old wives' tale. Do you know what always annoys me about apples is not all of them have a fair trade sticker. In the fair trade sticker just gets me down big time because it's like mm, someone might have died. Someone might have died getting you this apple. Mm, you know, where's the sticker to say nobody died? Um, ugh, can't guarantee. We don't. We don't actually don't even know where we got these apples. I fell off the back of a fucking wagon. These apples. Um anyway, where is it? Um so an apple a day isn't necessarily going to keep you healthy, then forget it. Big apples are freaked. But this is the one this is a little clickbait article. This is the the one thing big apples don't want you to know. The one secret big pharma needs you to know about apples. Um no, it says uh, apples have vitamins and lots of fiber, which can be a very important part of our diet because it can help keep, cumber, keep hunger keep Benedict Cumberbatch away. No, help keep hunger and blood sugar in check. I used to, I used to think apple juice was healthy, and um, I would, but that obviously you lose all the fiber from it. Like I would, this is what I would eat. This is what I thought was a nutritious breakfast. Right, I've talked about this multiple times. On my way into school, I would stop in into Centra. Right. And I would get a, like a liter of apple juice. And I would get three apple turnover pastries. And I would eat that every single day. I would eat that every single day. By half 12, I wanted to throw myself out the fucking window. I was so down, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, oh, what's going on with me? What's going on? I never, ever, ever linked my mood with diet. Ever. Still doesn't come easy for me, recognizing, you know. Like, I told you about that time that I was saying to Terry, like, I need to fucking, I need to, think of this comedy, the jack in this comedy thing. It's not for me. <laughs> and it was like moments after eating a mega box, a 12 inch mega box from the Chinese. Um, so, yeah, um, an apple a day <laughs> doesn't keep the doctor away. Uh, all right, next one. Um, you should wait an hour after eating before swimming. Okay, so I know this one isn't true because I'm a hungry man. Hungry man, and I've eaten many times before swimming because I'm like, fuck that. If I, if he dies, he dies was always my. I was like, I'm not going to not eat, you know. But I remember the when actually I think pressing someone for like, well, is that really true? Someone told me that this is before. I'm not. I'm not going to read this thing yet. From what I remember, it was uh, you will get a cramp if you eat and you have a full belly. You'll get a cramp and you will freeze and you will drown. Something that has never happened to you on land may happen at sea, uh, where you freeze and drown. Um, And the only way that I think that's going to fucking happen is if, you know, Medusa is out there uh, fat shaming you. and just gives you a fucking look and you're like, oh, I'm stoned now. And then you start sinking. But what does folklore say? There is no truth to the summertime myth, says Raquel Reynolds. While it's not advisable to do any kind of exercise after eating a heavy meal, going swimming after eating isn't bad for your health. It's not any worse than going for a run or playing baseball. I don't play that after a heavy meal. Uh, it might not feel good, but isn't bad for you. Not even one mention of Medusa there. So that was a lie. Whoever told me that. Shit. Bunch of fucking liars in my old school. Um, What else? Okay, if you swallow gum over here, we call that chewing gum. Uh, it will stay in your system for seven years. I do. I. I never even thought of this as an old wives' tale. I thought this was scientific fact. And even though I know my body isn't cogs and I'm not a um an automaton, I know that there aren't cogs that move my body. Like I know that. I still visualize my body having chewing gum with cogs in it, like inside. Um. But let's see what Raquel has to say. A common childhood tale told by parents uh, to their kids to dissuade them from the bad habit of swallowing gum might actually have some truth to it. This is pure fucking two FM content here. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about it. This is pure fucking radio scrambling for you know something. Apparently there's some truth to swallowing gum, but whatever. Look, I don't care. I can give you some fucking mainstream old wives' tales. If c- Gary, leave it. It's fine. People are interested in this. They're loving this. They're probably in their fucking car laughing their ass off at this. Uh, generally speaking, gum is supposed to go through your digestive tract, but it can adhere to the side of the bowel. Now, whether uh, it whether it will or how long it will stay there, no one really knows. Uh, guess. Doctor, as you know, I'm now living on this orchard. I have swallowed <laughs> a lot of chewing gum Um, up until I'm 45. Five now up until my 45th birthday. I believed this was food. I believe this was a Mawams. Doctor, Doctor, I've been eating chewing gum like they were Mawams. How long do I have to live? Um, I've been also eating apples. <laughs> I now need you to come back. I've been keeping you at bay. I need you to tell me how long this is going to take. They should be able to tell you how long it's going to go out, you know? Um, Depends what kind of gum it is, you know? Um... If it's hubba bubba, you may be fucked. You don't really see hubba bubba around this much these days. Anyway, look, I'm moving on. A um, couple of old wives' tales here from uh, from 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 old Ireland. Okay, um, here's one from the old farmer's almanac: When a fisherman's boarding a boat, throw a piece of coal at them. <laughs> Did I stammer? Throw a piece of coal at them for good luck? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it's a good luck to fucking scold them. Yeah, Captain Birdseye here. Best of fucking, luck. oh, you know, that sounds like a good fun one. Um, again, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no explanation for this. If you see a fisherman getting on a boat, and you happen to have a big sack of coal, say, um, somebody's been a naughty boy this Christmas. Best of luck, and then scold him in the head. Here's another one. If you're buying something at a fair. Give a lucky penny to the seller in addition to the sale price. And to seal the luck, the seller must then spit on your hand and slap you. Sorry, I'm at a fair. I'm at a car boot. I'm getting like an old, you know, devalier's speeches vinyl that I'm buying like for a joke, for a mate, for like, you know, a euro. And so I buy that off some fella from a car boot and then I give him another it's one cent, right? Because that's a penny now these days. And, like, am I am I to tell him what I want the penny for? Or is he just to know? Because if I get in the thing and I'm like, and here, that's for you. A little extra penny for you there, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. what's this for? I want you to spit on me and slap me. <laughs> this guy's the cheapest fucking dominatrix in Leinster, this guy. You know, you, you need to be more than a fucking penny for that now. If you're buying something out of fare, get the lucky penny, and then they... There you go, fucking... <laughs> Have to spit on your hand and slap you um very very cheap kink but if hey if the old wives think we should then maybe we should here's another one don't be entering one door and then going at the other for instance don't be going in the front door and then exiting out the back you're going to let the look out of the house don't be opening the door let the look at the gaff <laughs> that's what my ma. be like don't be let the look at the gaff <laughs> but ma i have to get something in the shed I need to get something from the shed for a school that we haven't seen in 10 years. Otherwise, I'm going to fail my exams tomorrow. That's the sort of shit I'll be coming in with for my mom. I need to find that. You know that thing that we haven't seen in about 20 years? I need that for a school project that I was meant to have done months ago. If I don't get it tomorrow, I'm going to fail. <laughs> don't be letting the look at the gaff. Um, so that's another one. Um, plant rosemary near your front door to keep the evil away. Throughout the ages, rosemary's always been regarded uh, um, as a magical herb for protection and making chickens nice. Oh, what'd you do with that chicken? That's lovely. Uh, put a bit of rosemary in it. Oh, and that's going to keep the evil away as well. <laughs> Sitting there, there. Oh, that's brilliant. You're going to keep the evil away from that chicken, which is great. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's great as well. No, one, no one's responding. Your auntie's like, oh, that's great. There's going to be no evil now in that chicken. That's great. Mmm. Um... Here's another one. To dream of death is a sign of birth. Ah. Riddles. <laughs> to dream of death is a sign of birth. Ah, you're so lucky. You will have a baby. <laughs> and apparently to dream of a wedding means there's going to be a christening. Not in this house. We're pagans through and through. My son is so evil now because we never christened him. He can't get in a house if there's rosemary outside. Um, here's another. If your left ear is hot... I mean, both my ears are fucking immaculate. They're gorgeous, really good-looking ears. But if your left ear is hot, it means someone is talking good about you. And if your right ear is hot, everyone's talking about how gay you look. (laughs) Because you got your ear pierced, the gay ear. (laughs) No, it says, if your right ear is hot, someone's talking bad about you. Sorry. Right, so say I have a left ear, right? Say I have an ear inf- <laughs> ear infection and I'm just in another room in agony.
1: <sighs>
0: I just pop my head in. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate you being so nice about me. Like, what are you talking about? You just pass out, bang your head against the coffee table. You're being so nice, talking so nice about me. <laughs> you have to go to the doctor. No, everyone's just talking about me. I love it. <laughs> um... So there you are. And of course you yeah, if you're right here if your right ear is hot, someone's talking shit about you. And that's the only reason why your right ear be hot. It's not that an earwig has gone in there and is nibbling on your eardrum and you're now bleeding out your eyes. You're like, well I know when he's talking shit about me. You're like, you need to go to a doctor now. And that's exactly what you would say. Why? Because you think I look sick? I know you're chatting shit about me. <laughs> a little earwig in there. So if you have anything wrong with your ears, it's always good. It's good press, as I say. Um, The first person the cat looks at when she washes her face is going to die.
1: <laughs>
0: Why is your cat's face so piggity? I can't risk it. I cannot risk it. <laughs> as you see, I have sellotaped cans of Dutch gold to my cat's hands. Um, because, of course, I'm a party animal. And as well, I, don't, I cannot have her washing her face. Because if she looks at any one of us, we're going to fucking die. So that's a real shame. Yeah, uh, that's what it says here. The first person the cat looks at when she washes her face will die. First, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. My mate used to tell me his cat would sit and watch him having a wank. Um, and is there anything else about that story? No. He said he wouldn't stop, but the cat would just watch him having a wank, and he wasn't like into it. But he's like fucking stupid cat, you know. You don't know this is wrong. You're not tethered to our morals, you beautiful, pristine, clairvoyant animals are not tethered to our prudish morals you're just you know washing your faces you know paying the ferryman taking our souls it's great (laughs) all right next up um take your shoe off when you hear the cuckoo and you'll find a hair in your stocking (laughs) what what don't be bringing this fucking shit at this dinner table sheila i don't want to hear your magic Take your shoe off when you hear the cuckoo and you'll find a hair in your stocking and that hair is the colour of the person you're going to marry. <laughs> I don't care. That's too much work for that info. You know what I mean? Like I could be arsed. If someone told me that there was a paid app and it was like nine quid. Nah, even two, even three ninety-nine. Right, and they I like go into that. It is a hundred percent accurate to tell you exactly the col- the hair color of the person you're going to marry. I probably wouldn't even download it, even if like even if I knew it was free, like Microsoft Teams. But I had to like download it and like input all my. We like, could be fuck. Is there a captcha? Is there a captcha? no. Then I won't be. I'm not going to be checking that out. It'll be a mystery. Whatever. If it happens, it happens. You know what I mean? But imagine it was like platinum, platinum hair. It's either a Sephiroth or some old biddy. Either way, that's your wife now. Um, All right, moving on. Um, If a knife drops on the floor, you'll have a gentleman visitor. So all you gay men out there, hmm, fuck your knives on your floor. And women as well, and NBs who like men. Throw the the knives on the floor. I'm not a klutz. I'm a slut. (laughs) If a fork falls, it'll be a lady. All right, lads. Mate, if you're going to Magaluf, make sure you fuck you. Nah, yeah, can we have, uh, know, those Trace, uh, fucking Ocho forks. But there's only four of you. Oh, no, but we're looking for Ocho birds. Right? If you're going to Magaluf with the fucking boys, Shagaluf, make sure you order eight forks for the table. I know there's only four of you, but... Um, and if a spoon falls, uh, it's going to be a child coming to visit. I know this is not true, because my son... Um, maybe he's looking for help. Maybe he's looking for please, some fucking lad come take me away from these fucking parents. But he's always throwing forks and knives and spoons on the floor. And I tell him, I say, Sonny, now you know you're not supposed to throw them on the floor. And he looks me dead in the eyes and he does it again. I'm looking for have. I'm looking to have a gentleman caller here to spark you out, old timer. That's what he's saying to me. Um, so don't be dropping your forks on the floor. I know that's not true. In fact, I don't. I a visitor. A visitor. The idea of a fucking visitor, I won't even a text. I'll fucking break out in a cold sweat if I get a text. Someone's texting me. I'm like, where even is? This? I don't even know how to find text on my phone anymore. I text you about it, did you? And what was the carrier pigeon's name? It's WhatsApp or death for me. Um, if you meet a redhead woman first thing in the morning, you'll have b- bad luck all day. Hey, um, sounds like uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that's what happened in Jurassic World. Uh, maybe bright. Maybe that's why. Um, you know, maybe that's what happened when. Um, iconic character Owen. Uh, sir, what's his surname from Jurassic World? Owen uh, Grady, classic character Owen Grady. Maybe that's what happened to ca- a classic Chris Pratt icon Owen Grady, the guy who does the hand thing to keep the the Raptors speaks to all animals with his hand sticking out. You know, same thing that Eleven does. Uh, put the hand out you know Uh, maybe that's what happened to classic Chris Pratt character Owen Grady bumped into Bryce Dallas Howard and then uh, you know um, you know maybe that's it's bad luck to count the number of cars following a hearse to the graveyard if you do that's the number is the amount of years you have left Um, do you know I did a little a uh, little crucifix curtsy so I like to keep that one out of respect. Uh, I find I do. I like to do a little. Uh, I, I don't bless myself and I don't speak to God anymore. My son's a pagan. He hates Rosemary. But um, I I do. I do do the little um, little curtsy little hand, little fabulous hand dance that I do when a hearse drives by. Because, you know, it's like ah, it's a dead body in there. You know what I mean? That's a dead. That's someone's someone's dead and if i know about it i'm not going on rip.ie so here's like a little you know rip.ie tweet driving by that's how that's how i talk about things through technology because i'm a zoomer right so if i see a little rip.ie notification of a tweet you know I'll, i'm going to i keep that one i like that one you know i don't do the full cross though you know it's more a little dee, dee, dee. it's almost like hey look at my gorgeous face look at my gorgeous face steep de, dee. father son holy spirit look at my look at all the points of my little, little gorgeous face that's what i do um, when I see a dead body drive by in a car, um, if you are looking for good weather, put a child of Prague out in the garden. If you've never seen a child of Prague, it's a baby dressed as a pope, um, and they're gas looking, um, little child of Prague. Yeah, so uh, so hang on, what's this, what store all the fucking gnomes then? What happened? Where is this big gnome corporation? Big cement selling us all these fucking gnomes. Why don't we have child of Prags out all the time? Why are we need to stop killing spiders because it'll rain and we need to be putting child of prags out in all of our gardens, right? 2023, My, I'm putting a child of prague out in that fucking garden. Next up, if you kill a robin, you'll have a life full of misery. Well, isn't that what happened to the Joker when he killed Jason Todd, um, Batman's second robin? Uh, there was little, even a little nod to it in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, where you see the old Robin suit and has ha, ha, ha written on it like the Joker's killed him. So, as you know, Robin's, fir- uh, Batman's first Robin is Dick Grayson, the, uh, the gymnast, the kind of uh, circus trapeze artist. And uh, then he went and became Nightwing in the 80s, you know, kind of a Robin for adul- adults, you know. Uh, And then uh, they got Jason Todd, and the fans hated the second Robin. So they literally put out in the comics, Do you want Robin to die? Call this number to save Robin, and this number to kill Robin. And it was fairly unanimous that they wanted Robin to be killed. So then the Joker beat him to death with a crowbar in the comics. And it's kind of a good, you know... It's a nice little reminder for Batman. Of course, his parents died, but also he has to be a bit more, he has to be better on his watch. You know what I mean? He's haunted by the death he couldn't save of his own Robin, you know? So um, you could argue that if you do let a Robin die on your watch, you will have a life full of misery, both Bats and the Joker. So I believe that's true. Next up here. If you come across a crowing hen or a whistling girl, both are considered bad luck. Yeah, what's the what's the bloody difference? <laughs> what's the bloody difference? No, 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 um, no. But look, if you uh, is that a kind of dig? Is that a kind of dig? Being like, because obviously cockerels crow, and are they kind of saying that you should never really see a, a co- you know a, a hen crowing? That's the job of a cock, and you shouldn't ever see a girl whistling. That's the job of a man. Men whistle. Um. Well, tell that to Pat Benatar at the end of Love is a Battlefield. Uh, there's a bit of a whistling part in that. Um, and anyone singing, uh, d- sitting on the dock of the bay, you know. But what if you fall in love with a girl who loves Otis Redden? <whistles> what about that? Neither a, neither a hen should crow or a woman should whistle. Um, look, if if I got to live in your world where women can't whistle, I don't want to live in your fucking world, bro. Okay? It's not my world. Um, it is bad luck to leave coins around, so if you see a penny pick it up all day long, you'll have good luck. Tell that to my old lad. My old lad will just, it could be, it could be a wad of cash. If there was just, if there was just like, a, you know, you know, five, a, ne- a neat stack of like, you know, five tenners, my dad would just pocket it. He's always just seeing cash and just putting it in his pocket. They like, oh, go free money, and just puts it in his pocket. And he does it in a kind of like, ah, ha, ha, but that was my cash, you know? Um... So if you see any coins lying around, so if you see a penny, pick it up all day long, you'll have good luck and then spend the penny at the fair and have a man spit in your hair and smack you. See, it all comes full circle. If you have an itchy left palm, you're getting money. And if you have an itchy right palm, you're going to lose the money. (laughs) I have a uh, insect burrow under my skin. I guess I'm getting a bit of cash now. (laughs) There's a big massive fucking ringworm in the palm of your hand. Oh, lucky, lucky me. (laughs) I'm getting a wad. I'm getting a wad of cash. If you knock over a chair when standing up, it's bad luck. Uh, I actually think it's dramatic. and I think it's amazing. Especially if you're in like a kind of a black box theater play. For God's sake, Sheila, you stand up and knock over the (gasps) seat. Oh, did you hear the clatter? Now, do I have your attention now, me, a Dublin Youth Theatre actor? Oh, I can't take it anymore. Standing up, clatter. Dramatic. Interesting. Um, all right, I do one more. I'll do one more here. You put a cross on your bread before you're baking it to let the devil out. <laughs> That's this fucking mad. You know, imagine you're there, you're making bread, you have your auntie over, and she's like, oh, make sure you put a cross in there, let the devil out. Like, we, as a culture, our first thing to that is like, oh, that's half funny. That's funny. That's quaint. You know? But somewhere to be like, what? What? Like You you could get sectioned for saying that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, let the devil out of the bread. <laughs> let the devil out of the bread. <laughs> like, okay, let's look at some of these, all right? All right, say this is your auntie, right? And your auntie fucks a load of coal at some fella. And you're like, you can't be doing that. And you're like, you're, you, you hear your auntie's after fucking cola, a sailor. So you go to her gaff and she says, don't step on the rosemary, the evil. That's to keep the evil away. Come on in. And then you walk into her gaff and she's like, don't go at the back door. You're going to let all the look out. All right. Okay. That's fine. Make sure that cat doesn't look at you. Why? If you, you might die. Oh, my God. Right. And then the, the, her little cuckoo clock goes off. I'm like, oh, check your sock what well we want to know who you're gonna marry <laughs> like, oh no this is awful and then and then you sit down she's like will you, ha- you have a bit of lunch and like she gives you a bit of soup and you knock your spoon on the floor it's like oh the baby's gonna visit oh my <laughs> oh my god and then and then you see you're just lugging this fucking massive concrete baby dressed as a pope out to the back garden and you're like what are you doing well we want good weather don't we and you're like, Sheila, where'd you even get that child of Prague? Oh, I bought it at the fair. Would you believe your man didn't spit on me and, and slap me in the face? after I, Even after I gave him a penny. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And then um, she comes back in. Her ear is fucking red hot, her left ear. And she's like, oh, thanks for being so nice about me. Like, what? My ear is so sore. <laughs> thanks for saying nice things about me. Um, and I'm going to get lots of money. And she shows you her hand, and it's fucking massive and swollen. And, you know, you've only just called into her because she was fucking cold at someone at the docks, you know? And so you're like, look, Sheila, I need to talk to you about what happened at the docks today. Like, I can't talk about that right now. I had to let the devil out of the bread. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, these are all things that could happen. There's a woman living like this here now, you know? Um. So there you have it. There's some old wives tales for you. I think the ones I'm going to adopt are the cat one, you know? Maybe even just hold up a cat at people. Maybe I make a little even a cat wash station. And I just have it, you know, in the same way like in Death Stranding, he has like the baby attached to his front. I'm just going to have a little marsupial pouch for a cat that he can bathe himself in and just look at everyone. Right. That's my new superpower. Um, If I do hear a cuckoo, I might have a look in the sock. I might have a look in the sock. And... um, might sit there in the old ha'penny fucking cola, lads, in the Viking Splash tour. So there you are, loads of things now for good luck and bad luck. And if you have any weird ones, uh, let me know, and maybe we'll do an updated version on this where I hear your crazy old wives' tales. Look, I gave you all the plugs plaques up top. Just look at Ticketmaster, Tony Cantwell for any gigs. And if you would like to support this pod, you can do so over on Patreon.com forward slash Tony Cantwell big thank you to Mr. Ben Clifford researcher to the stars for his research on this one really appreciate it if you want to check out his podcast his D&D podcast very funny podcast called Homebrew Quest, you can do so over on YouTube it's very fun um, and all the best thanks for listening bye bye we are young hearted
1: to heart we still. no promises no demands